630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. So remember, there's a special 50-50 tomorrow for that alumni game at Sakers Acres between Oilers alumni and Habs alumni. Tickets available tomorrow, 9 a.m. until 11 p.m. If you get your tickets before 6, you'll have a chance to win a virtual meet and greet with Kevin Lowe, who was on the show earlier, plus two chairman's tickets to an Oilers home game during the current season. Rogersplace.com slash 50-50 tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. to get tickets for that. And uh, net proceeds benefiting Alberta Lung and NWT. Proceeds will help Alberta Lung build Canada's first lung health and transplant recovery home called Breathing Space. So please remember that tomorrow. Well, I am pleased to welcome to the show a gentleman who played 130 games in green and gold going all the way back to 2012, a 2015 Grey Cup champion and now former member of the Edmonton Elks. He has decided to retire after an awesome career. Matt O'Donnell checks in tonight. Matt, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Reed. Well, it's nice to talk to you. We uh, got to talk briefly in person just before Christmas at the Chris Jones News Conference. And uh, I, I know it was a brief discussion, and I'm not going to pretend that I that I know you super well just because I've interviewed you a few <laughs> times over the years. But I remember after our conversation thinking, I'm not sure if Matt's going to play next year. And uh, <laughs> you have decided not to. Tell me what went into the decision. Um. Well, looking back, it was a, a great career and a long career, but uh, ultimately things like that have to come to an end. You start thinking about life after football and your career and your family, and that's what led me down this road today to, to officially retire. I found a, a great opportunity for a post-football career, and I honestly lucked into it through a friend of a friend, and I'm super happy, and I can see myself here for the next 30 years until I get to retire again. And what will your new job be? <laughs> Uh, so I'm working at Hatch Company. We're an HVAC equipment supplier, heating and cooling equipment for you know big buildings, industrial, commercial stuff like that. They took a took a shot at me during the canceled season, November 2020. They signed me on. I worked there for you know the canceled season and part time during the 2021 season, and I just fell in love with it. There, it's an awesome place, an awesome group of uh, workers there, and I can see myself there for the long haul. How did Chris Jones take the news that you weren't coming back? Uh, we had a couple of phone calls. He was telling me I couldn't retire and I had to come back and help the team win and lead next year. But, uh, you know, I, I pretty much knew after the, the BC game this year, uh, I tried to take some time to have an in-depth, you know, thought about it, you know, give it some time. Maybe if I was sore or tired or not happy with how the last season went, it might change my mentality. But I was about 90, 95% sure I was retiring that after that game and to be honest it didn't waver at all and i figured today i might have had some regrets or some maybe sense of dread like oh no that's it but i've been smiling ear to ear ever since so no and look you won the the great cup in 2015 and and i consider that one of the greatest double e teams of, of all time and i know there have been some great ones and they had the five in a row that was an awesome team this last year unfortunately was one of the worst seasons in in the history of the franchise um i mean i guess You've said you're comfortable, but I'll still frame it that way. You know, you're comfortable going out, even though it was such a tough season at the end. 
Yeah, I wanted to go out, you know, on my terms at the top of my game. I didn't want to be one of those uh, limiting factors where, okay, maybe I'm not as good as I used to be or maybe we're, you know, this close to a championship. <laughs> Sorry, my little one in the background there. That's okay. Um, I, I looked at it as uh, I don't think there's ever a right time for someone to retire because if you win the championship, okay, come back next year, we'll win it again. If you just lose it, I'll come back next year, we'll win it. If you're a playoff team, like, oh, we're so close, we're a piece away. And if you're, you know, the worst team in the league like we were last year, it uh, might be a year or two turnaround. So it was it was just time. It was the opportunity and the timing of it all. Yeah. Um, are, are you pretty healthy? I mean, most, a lot, a lot of athletes, maybe I shouldn't say most, but I think a significant number might deal with some sort of ongoing ailments or pain even after they stop playing. How's your body? I was, I had a pretty good streak going there. I think I was over a hundred straight games without missing one for an injury. And then, uh, sadly I tore my MCL in 2019 was the first time I ever missed a game dating back to even college. I never missed a game. So, uh, unlucky bounce, you know, hurt my knee and had to miss some time. A couple other times I got just barely lucky where I could, you know, tough guy through it and, you know, high ankle sprain or torn ligament in my thumb or hurt my shoulder. And, you know, I could play through it with the right, uh, the right stuff but uh you know the streak was over in 2019 and there might be some lingering issues but the biggest one is just going to be getting back in shape and losing all this offensive lineman weight <laughs> okay i was going to ask you that so you, you plan on staying in shape maybe not game shape but you want to stay fit and active i assume yeah yeah i got a, a little girl there who's going to keep me super active and you know i want to be able to enjoy summer and winter and all alberta has to offer so i want to make sure that i'm around for a long time so the goal is to get down to about 300 pounds i'm about 335 right now so a little ways to go what did you play at uh well it depends sometimes in my career i was in the 30s and one year i was in the 50s high 50s and then you know some of my best years i was probably around 330 so the later i got in my career the better i was about my weight and the better i played Okay, Matt O'Donnell joining us then on Inside Sports. He retires after a great career with the Edmonton Elks. And I, I got to bring this up, a couple of stints uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, earlier in your career. But before you came to the CFL and then sort of uh, after a couple of years with the Elks, the Bengals gave you another look. Um, look, I know it, it, it was not a, a long tenure with the Bengals. Uh, do, do you feel any connection to the team, any joy in them going to the Super Bowl? Um, I'm really happy for them to uh, to finally break through the playoffs, and I know they had the longest playoff drought, or at least winning a game in the playoffs, I should say. And you know, there were a lot of great guys on that team when I was there the first time around in 2011, and a little bit of 2012, and then even 2015. You know, some of those guys out there I got to I got to play with and spend time in training camp with, like C.J. Uzoma. It was tough to see him go down there in the game, but uh, yeah, I get to see Andrew Whitworth. He was a big mentor of mine when I first came in to the Bengals in 2011 there and you know he kind of taught me a lot about being a professional and how to you know turn it into a career and you know be the best player you can about the extra film the extra weight room you know any little bit you can and you know that guy's still playing like 20 years later he's like the Tom Brady left tackles yeah I, I believe he just turned 40 in December didn't he of course now he's with the the yeah he was Bengals 2006 to 16 and with the Rams and he's already come back from an injury in the playoffs didn't he because didn't he miss the second playoff game and come back. Yeah. I yeah. I think it was probably yeah. one of those borderline things where you can play through it, but if you get hurt again, you're done for the season. And if we can get through this win, you'll be healthy and fresh and good to go for the Super Bowl. So they made the right decision and uh, they, they barely survived the 49ers there, but it'll be quite the intriguing story. They facing his old team that, uh, that let him go. 
Yeah, for sure. Another interesting thing about you, and I have had people say to me, uh, and you're you're six eleven. I mean, most offensive linemen are big, but you're you're even bigger than most guys. Uh, and I've had people say to me, "Don't the uh, Elks have that guy that played in the NBA?" And I was like, "Well, I, I think you're thinking of Matt O'Donnell, but I don't know if you have the story right." So give me y- 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 clarify everything. What's the story with you and the NBA? What actually happened? Okay, so well. 2011, it was the NFL lockout. Of course, it had to happen on the uh, the my first year coming pro. Um, great timing. Um, my agent marketed me under my athleticism and size, so we had a couple tryouts with the Celtics and the Raptors. Um, was pretty incredible. Uh, I can go into great detail, but I'm not sure how much time I got. And then I was about to go down for a inter, or, um, a tryout with the Heat, and then the NFL lockout ended. And like two days later, I was in Cincinnati getting ready for training camp. So. So do you think do you think you could have made an NBA roster that year? Like how close do you think you were? Oh no, I would have probably been like a developmental player. I was okay. I was offensive lineman size. I was about three fifteen. <laughs> right. And probably overly strong for their standards, but not as good, you know, conditioning wise or basketball skill wise. But it was like an athleticism, like taking a raw prospect and probably need at least a year of work to get him uh, up to where you want him. Well, because how long had it been since you played basketball? Well, I always played like pickup or like intramural league and stuff like that in college, but I didn't have the time to commit to both for football and basketball. So you have to go back to even high school, but okay, we were, we were pretty, I was pretty good at basketball in high school. And it was one of those things where you tried to stick to one sport when you're in college, just so you can give it your maximum effort. Yeah. Well, that's still a pretty cool story though. <laughs> I mean, that even they, they looked at you. So that, that's pretty awesome. Matt, o- Donald, uh, Matt O'Donnell joining us then on inside sports. Um, what do you think you're going to miss the most about being a pro football player, Matt? I definitely say the camaraderie, you know, you go through uh, a lot of highs and lows with your teammates. You form some strong bonds. You know, I met a lot of, a lot of my close friends over the years here at Edmonton, a lot of guys that probably never thought they would have retired here and live here year round. Some people aren't the biggest fan of these minus 40 winners, but uh, no, there's a, there's a pretty big uh, stalwart of people here that are, you know, good friends of mine that ended up retiring here and just fall in love with the city and the province. Yeah. Well, and people love hearing that. And you're right. So many double E alum have, have stayed in the city and remained connected to the team and still care about the franchise. And I assume that's, I don't know if you're going to be going to every game, but I assume you'll be watching every game. Oh yeah. I'll be trying to go as much as I can, but I got a lot of stuff to make up for uh, missed in the, uh, the summertime here, you know, birthdays and weddings. And I haven't even been able to go to the stampede yet. I usually, if we had free time, I would always try and use it to, to stay ready for the season, whether it was train some more, recover, you know, stay on top of my game. So I haven't even been to the Calgary stampede yet, So that might be one of the first things on the list. All right. I got a couple more for you. Thanks for being so generous with your time. This is a standard question. I ask retired players, who was the best player you ever played with and who was the best player you ever played against? <laughs> well, I can probably give you a unique answer because it's the same person. Who? It's going to be a uh, future hall of famer. Number 90, Elmondo Sewell. I was so lucky to have played with him for the first eight years of my career. So if he beat me in practice, it wouldn't show up on game day. So when you get to practice against the absolute best in the league, you're prepared for the rest. And luckily, I only ever had to play in one game against him when he was in Montreal. All right.
I remember that game. <laughs> he was he was pretty good. He had some things to say before that game, if I remember. <laughs> that got some people's attention. All right, and I, I got to go back to 2015. Um, I mean, Riley gets hurt first game of the year. You guys are six and four, still doing pretty well. And then Michael comes back, and you don't lose another game the rest of the way. Many of them were in dramatic fashion. You guys always pulled it out. You fell behind in the Grey Cup. You won and put it away. Um, I mean, what separated that team? What was so special about that team when you look back? Well, when you look at a Chris Jones team, they're usually, you know, highly efficient on special teams. They're usually defensive-led. You know, Mike came back from injury just about the same time I came back from my second try with the Bengals. Um, I might have been fate, might have been luck. Um, we seem to just get the ball rolling one game after the other. I know we squeaked out a lot of close wins, but no matter what happened, it just always seemed like one phase of the team would always just like bail us out of a game or take over or, or get us that clutch turnover or points or that winning scenario. That was that was a great team, and a lot of those guys I know are my close friends, and they're still living here in town. You know, Thad, Coleman, Sorensen, Jonesy, all those guys are still in town here. We still get together all the time. We might be able to reminisce about it uh, coming up watching the Super Bowl in two weeks. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Well, Matt, uh, I hope we can have you on from time to time. I, I wish you all the best to your post-playing career. You are a great member of the organization and uh, just a great member of the community as well. All the best, Matt. Appreciate it. Anytime you guys want me on, give me a call. We are going to do that for sure. That is Matt O'Donnell retiring today from the Edmonton Elks. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, great to have Matt O'Donnell on the show. Kevin Lowe joined us earlier. Dylan Holloway. Dave Campbell's going to be in tomorrow. I'm going to take uh, the Friday off. All-Star skills competition tomorrow. Game on Saturday. Oilers back at it on Tuesday against Vegas. I can also tell you today, the two-time defending CEBL champion Edmonton Stingers announced their schedule for 2022 today. And I'm pleased to be joined by the president of the team, Reed Clark. Reed, good to have you on the show. How are you doing? Pretty good, Reed. Thanks for the intro. Uh, I always love when people hype up there with the back-to-back champs. Well, you deserve it. The team's been incredibly fun to watch. Uh, you know, I, I, for me, I'm a, big, I'm a big Jordan Baker fan. Used to do play-by-play of his games back at the U of A. And, uh, and for, I got Xavier Moon. I mean, how, how's it been going for him lately? You know what? I, I was actually, they just had a game tonight. So I was just checking his stats. Uh, he's, uh, he's down in the G League with the Clippers um, affiliate right now. But he was he was in the NBA on three ten day contracts, thirty days. He put up some some pretty great numbers in the games that he got in. He had I think fourteen points, five steals, five assists one game, outscoring the starters guards. So um, yeah, he's doing really well and just waiting for uh, another contract, whether Clippers or somebody else. Yeah, well that's incredible. So it's dope. It, so he's right now still a stinger or do we got to wait and see how it goes with the NBA uh, opportunities? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, we're going to do our best to try to get him back. And if he's coming to play in the CBL, he's coming to play for us. That, that's for sure. Um, we're going to have to wait and see kind of what happens with his NBA career. If he, uh, you know, if he gets a, a two-way contract or contract NBA, you know, it might make it tough. But uh, as fans right now, we're talking all the time and he's still interested in coming back. 
Okay, that's awesome. Look, the, the schedule is out today. People can go to the Stingers website and check it out. Uh, I mean, obviously there aren't mm-hmm. games until uh, late May, but, you know, the, the CBL, it's it's been successful. I mean, it survived a pandemic season. It did a bubble tournament, and, uh, you know, Edmonton got to host the, the season-ending tournament this past year. You guys won on home court. Yeah. From your yeah. view as an executive, how come – because some of these smaller leagues, they don't last more than a year or two. How come the CEBL is still going strong? You know, we're heading into our fourth season uh, with a schedule for, for 2022, and, and we start on May 27th. Um, really, I, I mean, I think the vision that, that Mike Morali put together with this league read has, has been successful from the start. And it's just kind of got all the operations, like they've been centralized where it's financials, it's, it's marketing. Um, it's really kind of going down to the budget and how the teams are operated. So that's kind of one part why it's been why it's been successful. That's almost taken from Major League Soccer had a similar model, and it was like the league owns all teams and then starts selling off the teams as they get profitable, and the league starts getting more successful and more visibility. And that, that's what the CBL is doing already. I mean, we're we're going to ten teams uh, for this season coming up, so we're adding three more. Uh, Montreal is coming in, Scarborough, Ontario, they came in, uh, and then St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, and the Scarborough one's pretty interesting because that's uh, that's Drake's company, OVO. They actually bought in, so that's the first team that the league's actually sold to to new owners. And pretty high, we can't get more high profile than Drake right now doing that. So that's only going to help the league. But um, yeah, I, I think really their model from the start is is what made it really successful. Uh, and I can tell you the the excitement and what we're seeing from our season ticket holders and sponsors and, and everybody about where we're going into our only our fourth, you know, real season. And, and one was in a bubble, like you said, it's been, uh, it's been really tremendous. And it just kind of talks to where basketball is going to this country and this province and the city. Well, it's a great brand of basketball. I, I mean, it's it's high paced. You guys adopted. I always forget the name of the ending, but we're uh, you know you reach four. Yeah, you reach four minutes. When there's four minutes left, the team that's ahead has to get nine more points than that. So it yeah. ends. The game always ends on a basket. You can't yeah. foul late in the game and uh, and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Uh, let people know uh, where they can get tickets. Find out the schedule. Learn more about your players. All that. All that stuff. Yeah, the stingers.ca. Uh, you can head there. You can go to tickets. You can go to schedule. You can check that out. Um, and like I said, May 27th is Friday. That's our home opener, 7 o'clock at the Expo Center. Uh, that's going to be – I'm calling it one of the biggest sporting events in uh, 2022 in Edmonton because I think we're going to make it that. Batter night, rig night, special guests. It, it, we don't have Moon Plane. He'll be there. You can hold me to that. Custom merch prizes, DJ. The whole sort of thing will be going on then. Um, and we got some other great dates. We've got a pre-Canada Day. The Thursday before Canada Day is going to be uh, a really big event. And then we got two games during uh, during K-Days, too, which is going to be a really exciting thing. There'll be some more news on that. So all the info is there. We've got single tickets, uh, season tickets, flex packs, everything you need to know. Reid, we'll talk again soon. All the best. I hope it's another great year for the Stingers. Okay, thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. That- that is Reed Clark, president of the Edmonton Stingers, two-time defending CEBL champions. Big thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of the show. He's going to host tomorrow. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.